This is the Content Recruiter Podcast. We made it. I mean, we're on a roll. We're, How are you yeah. feeling? You good? Yes, I'm great. This is uh, this has become one of the most enjoyable parts of my week. So, I yeah, very you, much look forward to it. Do you know what I'm gonna? Um... I'm going to contradict like everything I say about creating content and brand building and all that sort of stuff. When I, when we kicked off this podcast, my initial intent for it was to, um, try to generate leads and that, that like, I'm just like, I'm just saying it. That's what it was. I was like, the more people I know about you, we can distribute the micro content. We can get more content flowing through the LinkedIn feed and it'll be great. And it'll be that long form content we need to generate the short form stuff. But the more we've been doing this, I don't even think we've posted about it that much, have we? <laughs> I'm not sure we've even put it out of the feed at all. I, po- I posted something today just being Actually, like, yeah. this is like, but I, I think between us, we've probably put about like five posts out since we've been doing this Maybe, over yeah. what, three months. I know, you're right. So, we, we, should, we should actually do a better job of promoting the show. Uh, but, but yeah, should, but, I think, but it's got to that point where it's enjoyable just chatting about like ideas on the industry and anyone who wants to come on a journey can come on it. But actually just having these conversations and actually I'd, I'd, I'd recommend recruitment teams have more of these. I mean, we spoke about it in an earlier episode, like whiteboard yeah. sessions just to say, hmm, how can you make that better? How can you take the friction away from that? What does that look like today and what can it do tomorrow? Like all that sort of stuff, you know? Yep. I know. It's, a, it's, a, it's become a very valuable thinking session for us. It has. It has a, adds a lot of value, even if not necessarily like, and now, and now that initial intent of going, actually you can post it in the feed and you can do all this stuff to build an audience. I just don't give a shit about that stuff anymore. It's just literally not the reason I do it. It's nice to actually catch up with, with you as well and talk about what's yeah. happened in the, in the industry for, for a week. But, um, so new week, I got referred into a new contract this week by a colleague that I worked with three years ago. Maybe wow. longer, maybe longer, maybe it was four years. You lose all concepts of time after the pandemic. Maybe mm-hmm. it was four years. Um, or maybe it was close to three, actually. It was around the time my first son was born. So yeah, probably three. Um, we haven't really spoken that often, maybe once every six months. And it was just like a fleeting either WhatsApp, hey, how are you, or quick, quick chat. Um, the power of referrals, Nate, where, how important are they in today's world? In today's world where people are value, valuing privacy more and more, they don't want to distribute their details to everyone. How important are referrals in today's mm. world for recruiters? Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, just this morning, I was given the example. So this is a non-recruiting example, but it's, it's how powerful recruiters, or excuse me, referrals are. So. Let's see. Wait, I, uh, I'm I'm going through this like uh, this this big like house project, and there's a lot of players involved in the in the in the project, of course. But there's like there's three main players that have have been extremely valuable. One, our contractor. We have a wonderful contractor. In, like we have the best relationship with them, which is very very hard. Like most people can't say that when they go through a project like this. Um, our architect and um, and then we have this designer who's helped my wife like pick out everything. It sounds super fancy, but it's like it's actually I'll hedge and say it's like it's it's just like so useful. It has gotten things done exponentially faster. Yeah. Um, all three of those players 
have created such a great experience throughout a time that for most people is so extremely stressful. And, um, and you hear horror story after horror story of like construction projects taking longer than they need to and going way over budget and just being this like this pain, painful thing for an extended period of time. And for us, it's actually been the opposite. And it's because the people that we work with are very, very high quality. They all work within our budget. Like it's just been great. And so my wife and I have referred these people to other people in our community because like, you know, we live in like a small college town. There's a lot of remodels going on. We know families because of our kids being in school and stuff like that. We have referred those three people to, to so many other families who are thinking about doing the things that we're doing um, that like our architect isn't taking on any more business right now. Um, our designer, I'd be surprised if she can take on more business. Um, our contractor is not taking on more business. Like I referred him to somebody just the other day and he said, I, you know, I talked to him, but like, I can't work with him like right now. I'm just too, too busy. But like, I mean, that's just like one example. Uh, and if you think about that, I mean, apply that to the world of job search. If you want to talk about a stressful situation and something that is infinitely more, uh, important than doing a, a, a house project. I just think if you can, if you can find a connector who you, who you absolutely trust and you know, has you, and you, who, you know, has your best interest at heart, that's the type of resource that you want to tell other people about, because if you're feeling that people in your circle are feeling that, um, yeah. Do you ever feel like there, there isn't enough attention paid in this industry to like conversations that happen in the places you don't expect them to happen? And I'm not talking about attribution now because we know that you can't measure everything. It's hard to measure through like someone who puts a post out on the Slack community, yada, 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 all, the, all that sort of stuff. But <clears throat> I spoke with I've had you know, numerous conversations with friends in a bar over a beer and been like, oh, I noticed a law firm, for example, was hiring for uh, a complex role, which is what you specialize in, for example. And it's like, and that isn't, that, that's me looking after like their best interests because they're obviously having a conversation about like, our oh, work isn't great at the moment, yada, yada, yada. Oh, why don't you try this law firm? Why don't you try this? I actually had an experience this week. Sorry, last week. This is this is crazy. Last week, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um, a really, really uh, talented uh, brand person who's looking to get into like a brand manager role. Um, and that knowledge is that it might be too soon to take on a brand manager role, but he's looking to get into like the experiential luxury hospitality space. Hmm. She's been speaking to a company since December. They made an offer to start at last Friday, as in the Friday just gone. So it's a couple of months into the process now. And then on Thursday night, they rescinded the offer. What? Because she'd gone back to negotiate another five days annual leave for the year. Okay. So she sent me a message after she saw one of my posts on LinkedIn and she was like, Hey, just seen LinkedIn, just noticed your post. I wondered if you can give me some advice on, on the situation. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not a careers coach. Like 
but I'll try and help and just tell you like my perspective. Off the back of that conversation, I referred her to four businesses and four people that I know in each individual company. Like that's the power of referral, isn't it? It is. Oh, it unlocks opportunities stuff. for both sides of the marketplace where you just like, you trust this person, you can see they've got real talent and you trust, and the person at the other side of the marketplace trusts your opinion enough to say, let's have a conversation. Let's just yeah. have a conversation. And isn't that great that it just gives them that like leverage in the process when they're really struggling, they're really down and they've just got that chance to go and have a conversation with someone. Yep. Absolutely. Oh. Yes. The, um, you know, I've said this many times, uh, but the best part, the best thing that comes out of, out of like posting on LinkedIn is the, is that it's that like somehow, you know, you, you get a level of visibility, um, by people who wouldn't normally know who you are and they have a need and you're able to like help them because over time you build up this like really great, well-connected network. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. So, uh, I'm going to, where should we go with this? I, I, I could go in a couple of different directions cause I have a lot of, a lot of stuff I'm thinking about, but, um, but one more thing that you mentioned, these conversations that aren't about, let's say if you're a recruiter, aren't about a specific job, or if you're a salesperson, aren't about a specific product, or they're just like, I, I think I posted about this last week and how like there's a, there, there, I don't really believe that there's much more, there, there's many things that are more useful than a productive conversation, you know? And I think like you can label productive however you want. Um, because it, because productive can equal a whole lot of things, but, um, there's this, like, there's this idea of like, oh yeah, relationship capital is the, is the greatest form of capital. But then putting that into practice is really hard because I think most people, they will overemphasize the financial capital aspect of it, but they don't realize that the relationship capital is what creates the financial capital eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and how, like, it sounds very like maybe altruistic, but if you do truly invest in, in, in relationship capital, um, the rest actually does end up taking care of itself. It doesn't mean, and I don't believe that you have to sacrifice one thing for the next, you know? So it's like, it's easy for a busy person with a quota to go like, that's really nice and all, but like, I can't be just having like these like non sales, non recruiting conversations all day long. It's like, you don't have to do that, but what you have, to, but what you do need to do is like be available to a conversation that doesn't mean you're going to have to like fucking sell something today, you know? And that's the problem is like, it is it, like detaching from those kinds of outcomes and still trying to make it all about you or still trying to make it all about selling something instead of just being available, um, to whatever somebody else needs, you know? And so like, I, uh, I, I've done this, I've done this for like three years and it's where we've generated all of our business from. I mean, all like it's, it's, it's that or it's referrals. <laughs> I mean, you know, but it's, but it, it's come for it. It's, it's that kind of a thing because it's like, Hey, like people know what I do. Like, you know, like it, like I post enough about it. They know what I do. And so if, and, and, and I'm in an industry where, where 
uh, generally it's like, it's still pretty new and it's kind of unclear and people need advice and they just kind of like want to talk about what this could look like for our company. And so like, I've, I've made a practice of just like making myself available to have those types of conversations with people who are having those types of problems internally and just talking through them. And it's like, they're smart. They'll connect the dots. They know what I do. It's like, I don't have to tell them like, Hey, BYA is going to solve all your problems. By the way, it's like, here's how I would approach it. If they need what I, they know where to find me, you know, and, but I'll tell you what has happened though. Like, uh, more than, more than a few times is I'll have that conversation. And the person that I'm talking to is at a company where like they can't get anything off the ground. But as we know, in this world of recruiting and recruitment, marketing and employer branding and stuff, the lifetime, the life cycle of somebody at one company is pretty short. And so I'll get a, I'll get a message from somebody who's like, Hey, when I talked to you, I was at this company, you know, it didn't work out. Now I'm at this company. They think about this stuff way differently. Like we should definitely talk about before you apply. It's because like, I've already built cred. Now they want Now they're telling me they want to talk about my thing. What's the, um, when that happens, how much like genuine sales process is there? How much, Sorry, like, I was taking you... a drink. I got zero, dude. I, I'm like, I'm the worst salesperson. I'm telling you, I'm terrible. Uh, I'm terrible from like a, you know, like that's why when, before we got on, I was reading this like sales playbook that somebody DM'd me about for early stage startups. And I just like wanted to kind of have a chuckle because I knew what it was going to be. But, but it's just like this whole idea of like positioning and value props and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it doesn't even come into play. It's like, I'm getting on the phone with somebody who like already knows me. And I already know them and it's like, Hey, how's it going? How's your new thing? Like, here, let me show you BYA. This is what we do. Here's how we built it. Here's where the company even started from, you know? And it's like, here's how much it costs. There's like, no, there's no like work in the room, no negotiating, no nothing. It's just like, here it is. And, uh, it's, it's a completely different process. And I think that's why going back to, um, this demand, uh, uh method to recruiting is with what we're talking about, with the conversation that you had, all of that education has been done. All that buy-in has happened way before. Yeah. It's, it's happened in the feed. It's happened through the newsletter. It's happened through the podcast. It's happened through like a casual conversation with nothing attached to it, just to like help people overcome some challenges that they're facing. All that stuff has been taken care of. So by the time you do have a conversation about like a transaction of some kind, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's easy. Easier. Or easier. Um, do you think, so how, how like, Take that back to the hiring process. Do you think, and we talk a lot about subject experts in the business who are basically fueling the content engine to drive inbound qualified applications or qualified inbound. Do yeah. you think that translates to talent? And I know you do, it's a bit of a loaded question, but if you've got like a CTO who is specializing in a certain technology and they just spend their time talking about that technology or I don't know, maybe even yeah. like talking about the journey to management or journey to leadership or whatever, and maybe mix a couple of conversations within that. Um, <clears throat> that's much more powerful, isn't it? Than 
then jumping on LinkedIn going, hey, network, I'm hiring for a senior software engineer role. <laughs> so much more powerful, isn't it? Yeah, because if I'm a senior software engineer who, who loves that coding language or whatever, I see this person talking about it all the time. I mean, you, come on. Do you know what's been a surprise to me? We, you know, we had a chat a few months ago about, and I, I, we're going to kind of get away from the whole influencer thing here, I think. But, you know, we had a chat um, a couple of months ago on the podcast about the time it takes to build organic brand mm. through posting in the feed. And there was this perception that it takes like six to 12 months off the bat. It's always six to 12 months. Go ask anyone. Some people, some people might say longer, like 18 months. But that, that's, that is always a perception, isn't it? Um, I can't believe... And I'm still a bit sketchy with my consistency. Like I don't post every day. And I said I was going to at the start of this year. I'm probably down to like posting twice a week at the moment, maybe three yeah, times a week. I'm like two times a week myself. Yeah. I can't believe how quickly you build momentum with this stuff. Like I, we're, we're on this call now, right? And I'm going to jump onto LinkedIn. I put a post out on LinkedIn earlier today. I have got seven, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven messages from people who have connected with me off the back of that post and have just sent i've not even i've not i've not had a chance to read them yet but seven messages from people who i'm assuming is relating to that content there might be like an odd sales pitch in there so let's say just for the sake of um of being fair like three out of the seven are people that have connected in the recruitment space and they have seen the post that i put out today like this happens really quickly, doesn't it? it yeah, it does. Um, I think this like six to 18 month, whatever arbitrary number that's been put on it is, is what we used to see with like building awareness around a corporate brand maybe. And uh, it's just different. It, we're talking about personal brand. Um, there's, yeah. It's just a different thing, you know? And, and I also think it's like, uh, it goes to show how much more people connect with a person as opposed to a company, and they'd rather connect to a company through a person. Um, so you can build up personal brand, company brand, kind of simultaneously, very quickly, if you do it the right way. And what now, I mean, you took like months off of LinkedIn um oh, and then yeah like so so it's like it, it was all, in some ways it was like you were kind of starting from scratch from a content perspective um, oh yeah the algorithm and like now like kicked out yeah, yeah. now suddenly like your name your name is in the who should we follow sections and the like the back channel conversations and you know it's like it's like that kind of thing like you're because because what you do like it's it's uh, it's unique thoughts. You're opinionated. It's uh, specific to an, a certain audience. Um, like those are the things that get people in the circles that you want to go. Like oh, here's somebody talking differently. Um, so like you've you've done all the right things, and it's shown like man, it can go it can go really fast. And I, and I think, and, and it's not fast, it's, it's like, it's very modest numbers, like we're not talking significant numbers, but um, 
I think the thing for me is that it's you hit little milestones along the way. You don't just hit month six and then start to see success. Like you see success after the first few posts. Like people will start to engage with your stuff. They'll start to follow you and they'll start to um, amplify your content. So that's like the first bit of success that you can have. Like people, do, do people start this process and think, I want, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create something huge. Is that, is that, is it an unrealistic, realistic expectation of what's possible when they get into the content marketing field? Do they think like, okay, we're going to run this content marketing engine. It's going to solve all of our problems. And that's why the expectation is obviously gets dampened a little bit when it does take some time to start driving bound or start to drive inbound. Um, do you think there's too much expectation on what organic content can do sometimes? Um, there's definitely that. I also think that there's um, a misunderstanding of what organic content is. So let's see. If you, if, if you, if a company who, who doesn't have any practitioners of this stuff, on, you know, on their team or, you know, be part of their company, what they're going to do is they're going to hire a marketing person, a product marketer, content marketer, whatever. And what that person is going to do, they're probably going to be pretty junior to start with because the, because the company who's hiring these people isn't going to go like full bore, you know, because it's content and let's face it as much as like the, the, what it feels like as much as like the, uh, the outside world talks about content, content, content. The way that translates into dollars for companies is very, very different. Companies are like, we got to create content. And then they find out how much, how much like it costs to write a blog post or something. And they're just like, what the fuck? Like what, what, wait, that should cost like 50 bucks, you know? And a good writer is going like, are you kidding? You know, like the, there's like this whole misalignment between content and that. So, but what they, so they probably hire somebody junior that person would come in and like, they would be optimizing for SEO and some kind of static content that basically addresses like keywords, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's filler on a page, uh, uh, like on a website, that's content marketing. It might get posted to LinkedIn as the article and shit. And we all know, like, come on, it's like that stuff like doesn't work. What they should be doing is they should be going like, okay, here's what we do. Here are the subject matter experts inside of our company and they should be putting themselves out there because awareness to them drives awareness to our company and to our product. And that's where we can get quick reach, um, from organic, you know, it's like, but they're not thinking about it that way. So they're going to go the other way and they're going to be like, Oh, like we're getting mediocre results or content as a work or any of this kind of stuff. But it's like what content market, what organic content is today is just different. Yeah. And, and there are very few points of differentiation now for companies, like generally speaking. So if you are a product manager going into BYA, versus a product manager going into another tech startup. Like I imagine the job is fairly knowledge of product management. I just sort of plucked that out of, out of nowhere, but I, um, I imagine the job is going to be that structured in a way where the, um, where the framework is, is fairly similar, but that person has an opinion on maybe 
how companies have built a product, how they, I don't know, they could create like a really cool series where they go analyze the best tech products in the world and talk about the specific build. They could, they could create something really quite special for a feed on LinkedIn, for example. Um, and the thing that will set that apart is their opinion and nobody can copy that. They can't copy the opinion or they can try to copy the opinion, but they certainly can't deliver it in the same way. And that, that is the unique point, isn't it? This is the whole point of this. The personal brand flows into the corporate brand. Whereas most corporate businesses still haven't figured that out yet, have they? They no, they yeah. Got the they've got the content flowing through the corporate page, which actually the platforms really don't give a shit about because they want the corporate company they want the co- they want the companies to be spending money on on ad spend on media. I mean, so they're that, going to reduce the reach. Yeah. There. And it just blows my mind that that marketers aren't picking up on this. Like, how can you not see this happening? Yeah, it's like uh, I share so many things with uh with jackson right my co-founder he, he doesn't yeah. spend a lot of time on linkedin but i share i share a lot of things that i see on linkedin with him you know and and, and i share things with you and i share things like with other people through dms and stuff like that and it's like there's um what i'm getting at is like if you're at a company that's like bigger than mine for example and if i uh you know, if I have these like different functions and I'm a co-founder and I see, I see a product person who's just like, who's at, uh, well, I think one of the best like product people is at HubSpot, you know, this guy I've mentioned before, but like, there's some people on LinkedIn who just like, they'll become like obsessed with like different products, you know? And it's like, it's not about their product. They're just like into it. They're like into like the coolest, like newest way to go to market and things like this and how it applies to the, and it's like, you sure like you bet your ass i'm going to take that and i'm going to share it with my product team and be like check this out this is like super cool like what i'm getting at is like the amount of like awareness that just having an opinion and an, and a, like a strong take on something has is like there's so many ripple effects of this stuff do you know what my mind always goes when we talk about stuff like this mm-hmm. um you know that guy harry dry from the uk yeah. oh. Yeah, marketing examples. Yeah, marketing examples. Like, he's just a, a young guy who started um, that whole juxtaposition of graphics thing and was like, hey, this is how they should have framed this up. This is the copy they should have used. And it, like, he has built a huge, huge following. I think he's got like 50,000 email subscribers off the back of this. Could you imagine if he went to someone like, I mean, he could pick any company in the world, couldn't he? He could literally go and work if he wanted to, he could literally go and work for any company in the world because his brand is so strong. Could you imagine the upside of him going to move to an Apple or a Disney or a Lego or a start a small startup in London could you imagine the amount of traffic that company would accumulate off the back of having him on board? Because I'm starting to think like, you know, these people get paid a salary for their jobs. Like Harry aside, people get paid a salary to deliver a job. When are the companies going to start taking content more seriously for, for hiring, for example, and say, actually, okay, this is out of the comfort zone of our CTO we're going to put our CTO through a personal branding course so they can figure out how to structure a content marketing plan for themselves. 
And we're actually going to pay them based on success for anyone who engages with that content that ultimately turns into a hire. Like, why wouldn't you incentivize it that way? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people will look at this and go, why should I create content for my company to help hiring? What am I going to get out of it? And let's just sort of, let's just be brutally honest. Like some people will love doing it, but probably not consistently. Even if they love the company, they're probably not going to do it consistently with huge amounts of effort. But if the company actually turned it into like an extension of the salary and said, okay, you've gone from 40K to 50K, and now you're an ambassador or an evangelist of the company, I think they'd be a lot more inclined to uh, take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, there's shit. There, there's a strong incentive anyway to do this just for like professional insurance. Um, yeah, I mean, like if anything, it's like, if you were, okay. Okay. So that's the problem too, is like, you know, if you're going, Hey, like look at our company and we're hiring and stuff like that. It's like, you, you can't take that with you when you go to your next job and, and you're going to another job, <laughs> like, like let, let's face it, you're going to another job. So when you do like. What gives you the most leverage? Is it, is it positioning yourself to like another team and being like, Hey, over the last like six months, 12 months, whatever, like I've built up this following on LinkedIn and like I'm on podcasts and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I have like access to people, you know, and, uh, and it's been really valuable. And that's like the, one of the biggest things that I can leverage and like, I can just keep it going and it, and it, it associates with, I mean, come on, that's like, that's huge because you're, you're like, you're starting six, you're offering that company six or 12 months or whatever, however long worth of work that they don't have to do. So companies, when they look at this stuff, they go, oh, we're all starting from scratch because most of them are, oh, we got, yeah. you know, this is going to take months to build up or whatever. But if you go in with like a fucking running start and you're just like, like, you know, there's a, this is interesting because there's a guy that we used for an influencer campaign just before Christmas. Um, so this guy is called Alexei Grigorev. Okay. So we used it for an influence campaign before Christmas to help try and attract data scientists. He's built up this data science community of like 13,000 people called um, the Data Talks Club, which is a Slack community. He wants to get sponsorship for that community. So I sponsor the podcast, sponsor the events, whatever. In the meantime, he decided to take a sabbatical as a senior software engineer from his job for two months unpaid so he could go and raise X amount of money. Wasn't huge, we're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds or euros. Um, it was probably close to like 15 to 30, 40, whatever, within that ballpark. He decided to take an unpaid sabbatical so he could go and raise the sponsorship cash to get some more um, more money and for all this hard work he's putting on the side to build data talks. If I'm his um, company now, who've let him go on a sabbatical, I would be furious because I'd be like, we have got a guy here who's got the capability of setting up a community in his spare time whilst working a senior software engineer job, whilst having a family, he's on the verge of trying to get a sponsorship deal for 20,000 a year like why isn't the company sponsoring him because this is a this is like a mid-sized company this isn't a tiny company they've got a couple of thousand people why aren't they just saying you know what 
this is the model we should run for all of our tech hiring and we're going to turn this guy into an evangelist you're no longer a software engineer senior engineer we're going to give you your 20 grand to sponsor your slack community and we want the exposure for a year and then we're going to use this exact model to scale what you've done across three or four different technologies so we never struggle to hire again in the meantime they'll drop 100k over to linkedin for unlimited linkedin licenses that just blows my mind why isn't head of engineering brand a thing I don't know. I don't. It goes back to the conversation we had last week, though. Why isn't anybody talking about this personal brand, internal personal brand person in marketing? Why isn't this happening? Why is it just lumped under marketing? Oh my god! Head of engineering brand, head of sales brand, head of what? Oh man, we we. Oh. It's right there. It, it's, it's right it's there. there. It's there for the win, isn't it? Like if they it's so it. nobody, zero people are doing it. <laughs> like it, it's a, it's it's right there. Um, man, oh man. Uh, hey, I know we're kind of getting long. Um, can I can I can I do one more thing? One more. Yeah, segment? let's do one more. Let's give the audience what they want. <laughs> Extra time with Nate. Oh my god. Um, I actually forgot we're recording a podcast. Then, by the way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, see, there you go. I, I assume the value to the uh, listeners here is precisely zero. But anyway. I can't, planes will not stop flying over my house. Yeah. They're just not nonstop. This is like the fourth or fifth one in the last, what feels like, you know, thir- three minutes. But uh, okay, so so uh, yesterday, I, I was telling you before we got on yesterday. Can I, I tell you something on this, by the way? Yeah. You know when you hear, you hear the planes when we're editing this down, it almost seems like a sound effect that we put in to make it sound like a bit of a cooler vibe. Like we're sat in a, oh, a nice cafe or something yeah. in Paris. You're like, oh, a plane's flying over. Oh, cool. Maybe we should okay. just add some like mumbling background noise of people talking. Anyway, yeah. Finish up. What you got? That's a one minute. They'll never get back. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I was telling you, I got blocked a couple times uh, yesterday from people, and good. I was telling you, getting blocked is a good thing. Uh, it, it, it it actually is. Uh, I uh, usually blocks happen when you uh, challenge somebody. Like I will, I will never get blocked for being like rude or like inappropriate or anything like that but like yeah. there's some people who like if you push back or you question them a little too much they just like don't like it so they'll block you and then you get erased from the post and basically you're invisible to them so so uh there's a uh i think he's a senior or uh, he's an account executive and i believe he's at metadata and i'm gonna by name uh his name's dia costa so this guy, so this guy posts last week, right? He posts this thing about like some startup raises. You could find the post because uh, you're not blocked. Um, some some startup raises uh, like three hundred million dollars or something. They they raise our, I don't know. They raise like a bunch of money, and how their marketing team is only like five or six people, and nobody on their marketing team. Only one person on their marketing team has been with the company longer than 12 months and how um, they're never going to hit their revenue goals unless they implement software. So I see this post and I'm just like, what? So I, uh, so I comment and I'm like, I think you're making a lot of assumptions here. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's conversations going on at that company that you're not privy to. And like, are you saying that software is the solution here? He writes me back with some stupid, I don't know, some stupid thing. And, and basically he was saying like metadata is the, is their solution. Um, and I say, and I, so I reply to him and I say, can you share the name of the company so I can do my a little bit of research myself? And he said, I don't share the name of companies. And I write him back and I said, well, isn't that convenient? And then he, and then he blocked me, right? It's not about how bad the post is. What this is about is that this was a prime opportunity for an in-house salesperson to show their expertise and either they don't know how to do it or they don't have it because I was hoping that the post was going to be company raises this much money. They only have five or six people on their marketing team. They're not going to hit their revenue goals because unless this company scales their marketing team and takes this kind of approach, they're going to have a hard time penetrating the market, blah, blah, blah. And like giving some like insight and some juice. Hey, by the way, dude, I will connect your company with you, but it like show me that you know your shit here instead of like some half ass zero context couple lines to then go and pitch your product. It was like the, the missed opportunity is what drove me insane because, because the post started off with something that was like, that I thought he was like calling out like a legit concern or missed opportunity here by this company, you know? But, um, and then the fact that like, Salespeople, especially when you try to call them out or have them show their work on LinkedIn, they tend to block you. Um, but I, it, I don't know. But yeah, aren't, aren't people? Um, isn't this like symptomatic of every vendor on the planet who thinks that their software is going to save the day? You know, I used to work for a vendor in the employee in the employee referral space, and you know, I'm a huge advocate of employee referrals, but. If you go ahead and spend 40,000 euros a year on their software, it's not going to increase your numbers. No, like, it's not. You don't, get, you don't get the software and things just magically fix themselves. And this is, but I get these messages, like these emails a few times a week from sourcing platforms. And I, and I think recruitment teams and TA leaders especially have got to be really um, mindful about this. When a vendor is coming to you, positioning stats as a way to sell their product like that's red flag city for me like when they're coming to you saying things like i don't know only i think i saw a message the other week saying only 20 percent of or only 30 percent of recruitment teams that are actively doing cold outbound that's where the opportunity lies if you want a demo of our sourcing product today let us know like that's a major red flag you know stuff like that and you've got to be really mindful about, um, just remember that vendors have a product to sell. Like they are trying to position their product. I know this sounds blatantly obvious and, and, and almost ridiculous, but um, if, you, if you're buying software without the structure and the strategy, then you're on a road to failure. There you go. Even, but even with, even with BYA, right? For like sure. if, you're going, if you're going into BYA with the wrong mindset, it's going to fail. If you're going into my stuff with the on-demand recruiter stuff, like if you're going into it with the wrong mindset, it's going to fail. 
like you wouldn't take an on-demand recruiter and just be like oh we're gonna not onboard this person well because they're just contingency people right I'm gonna give them a crap okay. experience Whatever. yeah okay so going back to your point here uh um and what we've been talking about this whole time and like do, I, you know what it's okay well we're gonna hammer this home a lot but what we've been talking about with like sub subject matter experts and putting your you know your your opinions out there and, and establishing yourself as somebody who like knows something about your industry or you know something like being like doing that zero budget all experimentation mm. and and scalable so like we're not talking about like you don't have to like go through a bunch of demos to find out what software is going to help you scale this up the platform already exists it's free it just takes a little bit of effort and you can like you can risk failing at it because the only thing because no matter what you're going to learn a bunch you're going to learn like what it takes to be like like uh, a solo like con you know content creator you're going to learn a ton about like platforms you're going to learn about user behavior you're going to experience like a whole bunch so like even if like you you scrapped it after a little bit the amount that you would learn as opposed to just like going out and implementing a piece of software and suddenly think it's going to like drive more outcomes um it's like it's a way better approach and then you'll go like oh okay there is some some tools out there that we can insert here to make this part of it more efficient so like you back your way into software instead of leading with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Dude, we should wrap up. Yeah, yeah, we're um, at 45. Yeah, we're gonna talk okay. after that, aren't we? If they stuck with us this long.